Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Match Ball. Oh dear. Welcome to the show. Dan, Michael and Moscow with you on the match ball. Sunderland 1, Leeds United 0. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Do an enthusiastic sell for their services, please, Michael, and we'll get right into the uh, the post-mortem. Not tonight. You're not fancying it? No, not really. Even, though, they, even though they've paid, they've paid uh, us yeah, to... Yeah, I was going to say, even though I don't want to, they do do a really good job of legal stuff. Yep. So I use them for stuff like that. Um, yeah, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Speaking of law, um, want to say all the best to Mike Law, who is a Leeds fan exiled up there, surrounded by Sunderland fans. All the best, Mike. Um, right, so what do we think of that then? 1-0 to Sunderland, uh, a below par night. It just felt like nothing was really working tonight, wasn't it? Like, like the passing wasn't incisive enough. Didn't manage to get the attack involved in this. We weren't linking up well. It just, it was all a bit nah. Just a lot of side-to-side passing is what it felt like without any particular way through. Yeah. And we deserve to lose. Is that fair to say? We well, didn't we deserve to lose. We didn't have any good we didn't create any good chances though, did we? They scored off of a header bouncing back into the penalty area. Yeah, there was that. But and also it's Jude Bellingham's brother, which is unfair at this level. Mm. Are you saying they should sell him and retire the shirt? Yes, it would help. Or at least wait until Archie Gray's a bit older and then it's more of a level playing field, the two mm. sort of future Ballon d'Or winners or relatives of winners. That's what something we can look forward to. When Archie Gray has a Ballon d'Or, mm. but uh, Bellingham Jr. is just looking at his brothers, then the tides will turn and Jack Clark will just be sitting in the corner crying into a can of Red Bull or something like that. Mm. Do you agree with um, Addis's uh, assertion that Sunderland sat back with proper structure, very compact and quite impressive, to be fair? Do we have to be fair? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to just deliver a, hot, a devastating hot take that, that can go viral around the internet and you know we get people shouting at us that we don't listen to and or we could just be fair and analyse it as, as you saw it. Yeah, I thought they did well. Yep. They seemed to just, they, they limited us to going side to side. I thought when the game started, the opening 10, I thought we looked just better than them. It felt like we had long spells of possession. Anytime they got the ball, we got it back off them pretty quickly. Didn't feel like they were going to do a great deal with it. And then they started about... 15, 20 minutes in, they just started working the ball out to Clark. Gray got booked. Mm. And it felt like from that point on, momentum changed a bit. And I'm I'm guessing we probably had more possession throughout the game, but it was in non-dangerous areas, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. I, I didn't have a, that great a feeling coming into this game. So I, I had a feeling we were due one. 
because we'd, we'd built up that head of steam and, you know, just it was a difficult tie, uh, difficult, um, I was going to say tie, it's not a cup tie, but you know what I mean? It's a difficult match coming off the back of um, a weekend game and we've we've not fared that brilliantly at times playing midweek off the back of a weekend game. I mean, you say that, uh, about 70 minutes you said we're going to win this one nil, And then they scored. Yeah, well done. I mean, that, that was hope rather than expectation, to be honest. Phil message you? I didn't bother. It's over that What a devastating night for you. I bothered. What would you have said? Difficult night this. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Thanks for your analysis. Do tune in later in the week to hear <laughs> <You're hearing> analysis. <laughs> Phil will be back yeah. to debrief the game. <laughs> you, you beg for weeks for a crumb of uh, communication from him <laughs> when he finally lowers himself to patronise you with a, a measly message. You throw it back in his face like this. It's over now, though, isn't it? Like if, if you fancied a, like a girl at school you, and if you finally kissed her, and that's it, it's not bothered anymore. Is that right? This, this really the chase, isn't it? <laughs> if you kiss Phil? Uh, not on the we, don't need to, we don't need to get into not, it, dear, do we? Not, not um, we did have more possession than them. We had more shots. We had more shots on target. They but had, XG wasn't good, though, was it? They had more big chances, two and none. Which, although I thought, well, yeah, Peru, at the end, mm. that shot, he kind of, he did a lot with that. Kind of, he did more than I expected him to do with it from that position, that he managed to get it through that crowd of players um, to be cleared off the line was probably the the best we did at getting through what was a crowd of players at most times in front of their goal that we were not getting through. So, fair play to Joel. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you think of what Robert's saying here? Um, thought the tactics and subs were all wrong by Farker tonight. We're live on t- um, YouTube, by the way, for our TSB Plus members. The brave, hardy souls who've joined us. Hello. I mean, the tactics are kind of what they always are. I was going to say they're no different, were they? It's, it's what we do. It's just that normally we find more space than that. And it works, or, or it doesn't, you know. And it feels like, certainly in recent weeks, Somerville and James have just been getting in behind people. And tonight, I don't think... There was any other point they did. It felt like Somerville would occasionally beat two or three players, but there was just always a big crowd. And by the time he'd gone to the third player, the first player had got back to him as well. And it was just, uh, he ended up having to knock it back. If the reference was to the substitutions, there were probably, I don't know what would have been a different option. Because it did end up with us just leaving Roden back and everybody else forward. And in that situation, having just, you know, you know, we ended up with Matteo Joseph, Pat Bamford, Joel Peru, all playing. So that's three centre forwards, um, which when you're chasing a, a goal in the last 10 minutes, I don't know about um, Nyonto and it was, Nonto and Anthony came on first, didn't they, for Spence and James first? Can't remember. Um, and I don't know, whenever Anthony comes on, we seem to just give the ball to Nonto, seemed to be the thing, like ignore him. And there were occasional opportunities where they thought about going over that side and they like, oh, I'll just give that to Nonto again. And I guess it's like, I suppose, one of them's played for Italy, one of them's played for Bournemouth. That maybe that's the thing, just give it to him and hope he comes up with something. Which, to be fair... He did start doing stuff, then he did some bits, mm-hmm. he got in behind. Yeah, it took un- but it took until we'd gone um, a goal down and we brought on um, Joseph from Bamford and were properly chasing it um, for Nonto and Anthony. Um, to have much impact at all. Emma Hag's saying here as well, and we had six attackers on in the last 10 minutes, but not a single one of them made any movements for passing options, all stood on the back line expecting Strauch and Rodon to become prime, uh, prime Perlo. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, when you're trying to get through such a compact defence on the edge of the area. I mean, that's exactly what they they sought to do, wasn't it? was to frustrate us and deny us the lack of um, inter- those little interchanges of passes, you know, that we do, mm. just to deny us the space to do that. 
kept forcing us out wide, didn't they? And it didn't really pay off because we kept getting forced back the other way. It just kept forcing us back in the end because it, the game just did turn into 10 minutes. Because Sunderland at one look with however many minutes were to go, once we'd made those changes, um, the, the rest of the game was kind of... That's why I don't mind what Farker did because he kind of set the game out. It's like, right, we're going to spend the rest of this match trying to score. And Sunderland are just like, right, we're going to spend the rest of this match not trying not to concede. And they did a better job of that than us, but it was still, um, I don't know, and it created the situation where there wasn't much room, there wasn't space for anybody to run into or um, space for anybody to like create a, a, a gap or a, a through ball or anything like that. It was just try and go um, around them or through them as much as possibly could. I should have tried to score before they did. That was probably, that would be, if I could talk to Daniel, <laughs> not myself, yeah. I'll do plenty of that. Or me. Um, you're Dan, you're not Daniel. Probably um, I am. My birth certificate definitely says that. All right. If the Daniels were to convene and discuss this, I think uh, well, scoring before they did. It can't wait till the annual conference. It can't wait till the annual conference, can it? We got to yeah get on top of it sooner than that. Who's the uh, the guest of honor this year? Daniel um, Day Lewis. Bloody is as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I noted down at the start of the second half. It felt like Farker had sent them out with instructions to be a little bit braver in possession. I think. It looked like we were trying to do those passes through the lines a little bit more to maybe break the lines a little bit quicker. Because um, because I was surprised actually because I think I think they had the better of the end of the first half because they pegged us back into the pegged us penned us back into into <laughs> Michael <laughs> a raised eyebrow uh, they penned us back into um, into our half a bit and I was like oh I don't quite like where this is going um, but. Uh, second half, it reverted back to the sort of the start of the, the first half again. Did you're still thinking about that, aren't you? Because you're grinning, I can see. It's a daft joke. Yeah. Um, we never, we just never got through. And no point did I think we were going to get through them tonight. Oh. I have to say, it just felt, and it felt like some. In some ways, the more we attacked, the more likely they were to score because they did have quite a few dangerous breaks. They didn't always result in outright chances, but there were bits where like the ball would be crossed in, you think, oh, if that's a better cross there, there was, there was someone over, and if or if it breaks someone else on the edge of the box, they get a chance for a shot, and it, it didn't quite pan out for him. And the goal itself was a bit lucky, because I'm pretty sure he just was heading it in a general direction, was their player, because Strauch headed it straight at him, didn't he, essentially, and he just deflected it back into the box. So it shouldn't count, mm-hmm. but I mean, he did score. And, I, and Gray had, if Gray pushes up a bit faster on that, then he's offside, you could argue, but I mean, it all happened dead quick, didn't it? Yeah, Gray was a bit of the change from the second half because he obviously struggled with Jack Clark in the first half and got his yellow card and kept getting beaten by him. And then it looked, start of the second half, like the instruction was, like instead of waiting for him to come and beat you up our end, just go and attack. Mm. Like you can't, um, you're not going to get booked if you're trying to go past him. So he was doing a lot more. Um, it felt like the change in the second half was we moved everybody forward um, took some of the pressure off and made it more of a left ourselves more at risk of being counterattacked upon. Um, so we we and that was the, probably the moment when we needed to be scoring a goal at that time. But what chances did we have? We had Somerville when he broke from Glenn Kamara headed him through from a corner, and Jack Clark was not strong enough to pull him down, or Somerville was just too damn honest to go down, and he ran through and tried to have a, a tried to have a score at a goal. And what was the other one? We, there was quite a lot of balls where we were, because we couldn't get around the outside of them. What with them having like three turning into five at the back, we would just 
like trying to pass the rutter on the penalty spot and then going like see if you can turn or lay off or something. Mm. So everywhere we went, and it's probably, you know, obviously everybody will be tearing their hair out about, you know, this is this is going to turn into relegation to League One now and we'll we'll have to close the club down in May. Um but <laughs> Sunderland just defended dead well. Yeah. Mm. I mean as Donna said uh here, I'm oddly calm about this. I'm fine with it. It's like we're gonna we are gonna lose games. What's making this bad? And the reaction probably bad is going to be what's happening above us, and there's nothing we can do to control that. Yeah, it's all a bit strange because there's the start of the season and the way that the season began, um, probably after the Birmingham game and then the Sheffield Wednesday result, whichever way around those two came. Most people were like, well, let's get the playoffs. Playoffs will be fine after the mm. summer we had. But I think the problem, it's almost the problem is everyone's remembered what the playoffs are. Well, no, I think the problem is more that. It's weirdly how if Leicester and Ipswich were having a more normal time, they would probably still be ahead of us, just only by a few points. But somehow, because they've just gone so freakishly winning everything uh, so far this season, that's almost become a bigger deal that they are so far ahead of us and feel so difficult to get. It's like, well, we can't afford to drop a point. Whereas if they were only... You know, if if Leicester were one point ahead of us and we lost tonight, we'd be like, oh, well, we'll make it up later. Mm. Um, so it's kind of the the whole psychology of the season has gone absolutely weird mm. um, based on Leicester and Ipswich just winning an incalculable number of games, which even it can't continue. So maybe it can continue, but if like one of our... I mean, if it does, fair play. Well, exactly. And what <laughs> has to happen is for is it has to not continue for us to be able to overtake them. So... Just kind of whether we beat Sunderland in December, it's not the end of the season. No, yeah, and we need we need to just beat Coventry, and then this is quickly forgotten because because yeah. that's the way these, it goes this season. Like the Stoke game, everyone was gutted about it. We didn't play well; nothing really worked. But then we won a few games afterwards, mm-hmm. and everyone went, "All right, fine." That doesn't almost matter anymore. And like well, the midweek games, we have generally not done brilliantly in them. Like there was the whole game, the Stoke game. West Brom was early in the season, I know, but that was midweek, wasn't Should it? Should we be boycotting midweek matches and evening kickoffs? Well, if only you, playing daylight. I mean, last week, last year, we did avoid midweek games for the most part. Um, it was the Saturdays, Sundays that were mm. the main issue then. Mm. So. And with regards to Stoke, that I think is potentially the answer to the question that Ben is posing here, which is uh, Ben observes that Ampadu was poor today, uh, so was Ruta, Cree, and James all surprisingly looked tired. Why didn't we rotate the starting team? I think it's because of what happened at Stoke. He's not going to change a winning mm. team. And when he did did it before, when he like did the rotation versus Stoke, it didn't work. And you're talking about a weaker opponent there in Stoke versus a, a better opponent in Sunderland, potentially, what do you think? Yeah. It's easy I, to say with hindsight, isn't it? Because if, if we'd have nicked one tonight or whatever, then it, it paid off, didn't it? Mm, I think being such of the margins in football. I think because Ruta didn't particularly work tonight, he's been pulling teams out of shape a lot this season. And without him being able to do that, I feel like maybe in the midfield, if you have got under a proper number ten option there, they maybe make a difference in a game like this. When because Ampadu and Kamara are very good at doing what they do, but it feels like neither of them are probably ever going to score, and they're not really meant. I know Ampadu did that massive ball over the top the other week, but they're not really meant for the through ball, are they? There's not much of a threaded pass in them. So, Glenn had a shot. Yeah, did he? <laughs> yeah, he had a shot. Was it anyone here? Well, it was on target. Keeper oh, no, he it. did. You're right. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I think that's maybe why I wrote a note saying it doesn't look like they're ever going to score. Yeah, there wasn't it just a massive reminds me of a, a bit of foreshaw when he used to shoot and you go, yeah, mm. but it's not going in, is it? So. There's an element to this team as well where it's not really... You can sort of feel 
results like this all happen because we're not really finished. And that's part of the um, the story of the summer because we were bidding for that maniac who we mm. abandoned in the Dales um, who was going to play at number 10. So there was a desire there for an attacking um, midfielder in front of Kamara and Ampadu that hasn't arisen. So we're doing what, we've, what we're doing. And um, Jed Spence is supposed to be and has been supposed to be our right back since... Um, the day he signed and mm. we've not had a, a whisper of him in his proper position and then he popped up tonight on the wrong side and at times and then well, I, Andrew's just asking actually on that Moscow how do you think we, uh, how do we think he got on a left back he got alright at times he looked a bit like a uh, like an extra piece like he'd come from the wrong jigsaw because um, <laughs> yeah. there was I'm very I think it's just because I'm very used to Sam Byram's kind of just diligent excellence and mm. it's something that struck me at Blackburn was what a good line the back four kind of was and tonight there was an element of there was like three and then Jed Spence is kind of like he I mean it's the first time he started a game for us so he's just he just seemed at times to be just in a different realm or on a different wavelength which comes from practice and comes from playing in your right position and comes from being used to having the players alongside you who are alongside you and not just making you it's his, it's his debut effectively um, out of position and that's kind of the, the the thing of us being a bit unfinished is there are those things have just never got going yet so if if Jed Spence had played you know 15 games by now he'd probably be absolutely brilliant but um, he is where he is we are where we are and it'll probably I mean I don't know if it'll end up costing us automatic promotion but it's kind of what we were all pricing into the situation um, at the end of the transfer window where we're like, All right, well, this is going to take some time to come together and gel. Um, but in Leicester um, and those tractor-driving um, geniuses at Portman Road are upsetting everything. <laughs> tractor-driving geniuses. I think in, in, another world, in another time as well, we have Byram at left-back, Spence at right-back, and then it frees up Archie Gray. So if things aren't working in midfield, he's an option there as well. Whereas... I don't feel like Gruev is a man who would come on in the middle and change anything. He's he's very much been used as a steadying player, hasn't he? He just mm. comes on to get booked in the last and kick people for like the last thirty seconds of a game. Seems to be his his function. So there was a bit of a lack. Uh, there was for all the attacking players on the bench, there was not a lot behind that today. It was it was just all strikers yeah. and and wingers, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, as Simon said, um, those subs were my video game tactic. Just put all the attackers on and slide the attack meter to the right. I can see the logic to it. Given what happened at Norwich, yeah. It it causes a lot of panic when people are just like, I don't even know who's playing where. Mm-hmm. They seem to have like four wingers and two strikers on the pitch. And but that's what got See that, what happens. That's what created that chance for Perot, isn't it? It's kind of getting as many people mm. um, getting into the penalty area as possible. But then there were the kind of bits where some of the free kicks could have been better and trying to get the, the ball forward faster. It didn't help when Rodon put it out for throwing and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, these things. I guess those were the signs that it's it wasn't going to be um, our night. And yeah, you know, Sunderland. They're a bit weird because of the whole sacking Tony Mowbray thing. But they were, they were never a bad team this season, um, and they were in the playoff semi-finals last year. Um, and Jack Clark looks uh, well. He looked good in the first half. I think mm-hmm. um, attacking him more in the second half upset him um, slightly. But they've got some uh, decent players, even if. 09, I have a problem with, with a player being called 09 because he just sounds like a telephone exchange. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, I thought Clark, looked, he looked a lot like the early years Jack Clark at Leeds tonight, didn't he, with the start of that? That's got a new trick, though, because all he used to do was like drop one shoulder and go inside at least. I I still can't really tell what he does, though. He just does like this. It's just a sort of constant swaying and changing of direction and stuff, but it it makes him very hard to play against. Slows down a bit and then goes faster and slows down and goes fast and it's as you're trying to go with him. But yeah, he wasn't, uh, because he used to just kind of, yeah, with the shoulder drop and then inside, but now he seems to, he's learnt he can go the other side as well. (laughs) Fucking hell. So it's no wonder he'll be back to, I wonder if Tottenham will buy him again. What? They're probably stupid. Enough Daniel, to... Daniel Levy just sits yeah. there. 30, twenty million 30 this million. time. Yeah, just... I, I had him before. Uh, and can I have him again? Can I get him for you again? Go on, let me. Yeah, but no, he was he was useful, and I think that's one thing to to sort of factor in is is um, Sunderland's performance and the fact that I think when people when Leeds fans analyse performances like this that don't go great, it's often without factoring in the performance of the opposition, and they were well organised, as we said, they were well organised and. Just you can't win every game. Even Leicester and Ipswich, as good a form as they on as they are in mm-hmm. uh, runs they are on, are still not going to win every game. It feels a bit like it's flipped from last year when loads of teams you played where you went, well, what can you really do? We're going to lose. Of course yeah. we are. Whereas now you're going to go, well, of course we should win. It's yeah. ridiculous that we've not. Yeah, and we've, and, and we've got it. With, we had it within our gift to win tonight, but we were we were subpar. They were well organised. They played well. And we could we could still have a point. I, I had a feeling. So I didn't sort of externalised this, but I had a feeling it was heading towards a nil-nil, actually, my genuine response, that, which is when I then declared that we were going to win one nil. You idiot. Foolishly. It makes no difference, Michael. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Um, I mean, they did have chances, didn't they? Melia made a couple of good saves. The a one couple from, of good saves. The, the, the save of the fucking century. <laughs> Although, that was the one against Leicester, that was better. But, uh, well, but the... Um, two, well, two saves of two centuries. Mm. Was it dominating two hundred years? Was it Don Goodman on Cocoms? Or someone, Sounded like Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe, course, it? Yeah, it was. that's it was why it was not because Hinchcliffe wasn't even impressed with that save, was no. it? It was like well, that's a really good save. He yeah. took took a step. It was it a, a be, full stretch, and it was a bit like, yeah, so that's all right. I suppose he's finding absolutely every reason to kind of get. No, I think it's had a deflection. It's probably come off the defense. It's not as powerful as it could be. <laughs> every reason, but then you can't fault 
the footwork, the stretch, the anticipation, the execution, the hand to get it away. It it's almost as good as in fact he's made three saves now across three centuries. So we're back to what the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And because the the one uh the other one tonight, the one from Roden, brilliant reflexes to stop that header on our goal line that Roden tried to put in. Oh, that, Stroud, oh god, uh, that one! I forgot about that. Yeah, and cleared away. I, I want to chalk that down as a as another bit of Melier I, I brilliance. Sure if, I wasn't sure if Rodon helped the. Uh, well, he. Uh, it was he tried to, to help Sunderland. <laughs> it was hard to work out exactly what had gone on. I thought the ball was going had gone in the net. To be perfectly honest, but then it just it was going in the net was, because Rodon headed it there from oh, the the replay. There was one replay from behind the goal that, if I'm remembering correctly, showed a pretty clear um, attempt on target. <laughs> That found um, Melier's midriff from the rate, the distance of about six inches, and then Strauch appeared from nowhere and sorted it all out. So we were we were having an interesting evening in lots of respects. And I suppose yeah, so Sunderland. I would say that on the balance of performances, um, a draw would have been all right tonight. But then yeah, you count Sunderland had. I mean that one Rodon kind of was doing it for them, and then the save that Melier saved. And the goal, which Farker has said after the game, where it's like even Alex Pritchard, who headed it um, back into the box, he said he can't explain how he does that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, so it's, of, it's just been totally random, is basically what he's saying, that goal. Speaking of Farker, uh, his comments have now come in in the post-match. Uh, he's saying, in general, I'm struggling to criticise too much. It was clear that we had a difficult away game. I thought we dominated parts of it, but we didn't find the cutting edge. We were not tidy or sharp enough. Credit to Sunderland. One of those, uh, one of those pieces where you didn't find a moment of sharpness to create a big chance. It was difficult today because they were sitting so deep. Um, talking about Somerville's moment when he went through as well, shirt pulled back by Clark. Um, likes the attitude of the fact that he stayed on his feet, but if he goes down, it would be a red. Do you agree? I think he's too far from goal for it to be a red. Yeah. The other defender potentially. The ref should have booked him for it, though, definitely. I can mm. see why he, he played the advantage, didn't yeah, he? But he so. still go back and book people. Can you do he that? Played advantage. Yeah, refs do it all the time, don't they? But uh, that'd be for foul play, wouldn't it? Whereas um, he tugged him. He, he took his shirt. I mean, like, I mean, like a kicky foul play, no? Violent foul. <laughs> oh, so you, so you know your the old, rule book. <laughs> the old uh, violent foul play. No, I just, I, I felt in my I book head... book you for kicky. I feel like I understand in my head why he didn't, but yeah, it should have been, shouldn't it? Because yeah. he's corrupt. Yeah, people have been uh, alleging that in the comments on YouTube, which I haven't put on screen, because I thought it was probably libelous. But uh, Moss is used to it. said it anyway. Moss used to it. Yeah, exactly. No, no ref takes that seriously. Um, um, I'll just finish the comments off. I'm struggling to criticise his lads for the goal. Um, <coughs> when you're trying to create and create and then running back to defend a chance, we do that. And even Alex Pritchard can't explain how he does that, heads it back into the box. Uh, Farker doesn't think he made ch- changes too late. I have to give the players credit for the last few weeks. Uh, it's no time to accuse. I feel more like they need an arm around them and support. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to to see it much differently than that. It's Sometimes happens, doesn't it? You're just going to lose games. Yep. There's no point completely tearing it up, is there? No. Just, it's just it's fine. Fine. We'd be just, talking, in another season, we're, we're ahead of where Burnley were. Only, just, we're ahead of where Burnley were last season on the points. Let's total. just be calm about this. As much as I'm sad, yeah, it's it's fine to feel sad. Lean into it, you know. Listen to emo music if you want, mm-hmm. but it's not the end of the world. No, we'll be okay, and we're, and we're doing fine. And you know, playoffs in it. Well, it's not settled yet, is it? There's a long. I mean, that's the other thing. Is there's it's a long old season, and January happens as well. And if we came out in January, like it's quite reassuring that Farker has been heeding. Um, his own feelings about what we need at fullback, um, because you know Archie Gray is a midfielder playing right back. Jed Spence is a right back playing left back. We don't have cover, um, so there's there's improvements that could be made to the squad immediately there. 
Um, we probably don't need any more attackers, although I would be entertained if we bought, if we bought some. Let's mm. go out and get a few more goals, go get a few more wingers. Get Amiri back. And Ryan Kent. Yeah. Um, Jack Clark. Mm. Was, I mean, we had Joffy on the bench and didn't even bring him on against his uh, his friends from last season. Um, and then there's the whole, you know, Ipswich have the idea, top of the league, Ipswich, incidentally, have the whole thing of whether their manager could be plucked to the Premier League. And then Leicester, um, are they going to suffer from players going away to um, the African Cup of Nations in January? So there's a lot of things still to happen between the rest of the season and just the idea that, you know, Leicester or Ipswich might just implode. I mean, we've been in this league enough time to know the way it goes. I mean, the, yeah. the first season up under Grayson, didn't we go second at one point in that, finished outside the playoffs? About this time of year, yeah. There was the season under Monk where we were about seven games from the end. It looked like we were definitely in the playoffs. We managed to drop out. There was the first season under Bielsa where it looked like we were going up at several points, managed to screw that up. The season we did go up where we were miles ahead then got reined in, then went miles ahead again. Like there's, There are loads and loads of things that go on. Mm. Lots of games. There are like three games a week. Some, like when you, Sometimes you can end up playing, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, and before you know it, everything's changed. Yeah. So. I was hoping for some reassurance from the, uh, the league table from this time last year um, on the 12th of December 2022, but it was Burnley and Sheffield United were top. But the... Um, the, the four behind them were Blackburn, Norwich, Watford and Preston, none of whom I think got in the playoffs in the end, did they? Were any of them in the playoffs? Uh, it was Sunderland, Luton. Coventry. Coventry. And someone else. Yeah, so that's um, Millwall was seventh. And those teams, so Sunderland were 11th, Coventry were 15th. Where were Luton? Luton don't, but 13th. So we could still go up automatically or potentially um, finish 15th. We could probably go down at this point. I know Farker was laughing that off the other week, but don't discount it. But Huddersfield were bottom and stayed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so that's... maybe we'll get, maybe we'll, we follow their um, template and we get Neil Warnock in. We've been wondering where we'll where mm-hmm. end the season. Maybe to keep it'll be Ellen Road. To keep us up. Just maybe one last challenge, get us promoted. He wants it, because he, he was saying he didn't want to go for like another um, boring job and he just like a bit bored of trying to keep teams up we wanted to try and you know succeed at the, at the end of the season so maybe comes in in February after after a disastrous January transfer window that has Daniel Farker like throwing coffee and cake everywhere and marching out I mean he can come back in February but I might not <laughs> if that's the case what I will say, just call it a day. Just to return things to reality. Um, first of all, Trichodemus is um, pointing out that it's uh, twenty-four cans of bar cream soda for five ninety-nine at Lidl at the minute. That's decent. I do like a cream soda. You know, I tend to buy the supermarket own brand stuff. I ain't got the money for bar generally, but yeah. five ninety-nine is not bad. Yeah, you'd accept that. Mm. The other thought is this: that do you know what? I can just put tonight behind me, and I'm looking forward to going to Ellen Road at the weekend already. See if we can um, turn this one back around and uh, and get back on top of our game. No, no, no need to panic. I'm looking forward to the game starting and then ending. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. All right, listen, we will wrap it up there. Then we'll um, we'll get some view from the press box action um, from Phil towards the back end of the week. We've got the week, uh, the weekly show to come, haven't we? I'm losing track of the days now. Um, it's midweek, isn't it? Tuesday, isn't it? Still, mm-hmm. bloody hell. Right, um, let's not get stressed about it. Middlesbrough playoffs, by the way, it's just been pointed out. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. And so where were they at the time I've changed? I was started going through the years. They had a little bit of a late surge, didn't they, I think? Oh. I'm going to say so. Anyway. Suits you. Before we go as well. Yeah, there was 12. Calendars are back in stock. Oh. A very final fine. I've printed them like 
several times because people keep buying them. Yeah. This is definitely the final lot. Yeah. Definitely. That's so the 2024 uh, so charity, charity calendar. Um, all the money going to the Leeds Cancer Centre is available at the squareball.net. Have Christmas jumpers come back in? Are they coming back in? Um, they've come in and in some cases gone out because we've, we've got a new right. batch arriving at the end of this week but they are on pre-orders and some sizes have already sold out. Bloody hell. But they are a bit small so if you're a bit upset at your sizes, you yeah. know, after Christmas as well, you're going to need a bit of extra room. Size up. All right. Uh, we will wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us tonight or listening to this one afterwards. All the stuff you need at the squareball.net. We go again, boys and girls. We go again. The Match Ball. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.